Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Let's begin with two quick survey questions today. So I'm going to ask you if you'd use the chat to help us out with this, please. Question number one, do you experience temptation A, regularly, or B, rarely? Question number two, do you struggle most with A, the same temptations, or B, not the same temptations? In other words, it's all different things that are coming your way that way. For me, my answers are A, I experience temptation regularly, and A, I struggle most with the same temptations coming up over and over again in my life. Today, my great hope is that each of us receives the hope and help that we need from God for what it is that we're personally going through, but especially that each of us finds the new found freedom that Jesus desires each and every one of us to be able to experience in our lives. Our series is called Just Like Us. There are 3,237 unique people mentioned in the Bible. And God reminds us of this, that they were real people in real places with real lives who were just like us. And I think he reminds us of that because so many times it's easy for us to discount those people as if they weren't just like us and thus we lose the life lessons and the spiritual impact that God wants to be bringing to us through them into our lives. There's a chapter in the Bible that's referred to as Face Hall of Fame, Hebrews chapter 11. Just a quick aside, did you know that there are 312 halls of fame in the world? Like there is a hall of fame for everything. But when it comes to faith, that would be an especially important one for us. There is a person in this Hall of Fame that is mentioned more times than anyone else. It's kind of just like highlighted that way. His name is Abraham. And we read this about him. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed. And he went even though he didn't know where he was going. God said to Abraham, I want you to up and to leave this place and go to a new place. Abraham said, okay, where do you want me to go? God basically said, I'm not going to tell you, just trust me. And Abraham did. Now, that is faith. In fact, Abraham goes on to be known as the father of faith. He carries the title, the friend of God. God has said that because of his faith, through him, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Now, hearing those things, you might be thinking, well, I guess Abraham really isn't just like us then, is he? But did you know that Abraham carried a temptation with him throughout all of his life that he struggled with and at times he succumbed to? It caused him grief shame, even reproach, it undercut his witness for God. And now we're thinking, and that sounds just like us. 
If we were to read together, and in fact, I'm going to encourage you to read this week from the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter 12 and chapter 20. And when you do so, you're going to be thinking this. So this is where the script from Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray came from, or more contemporary version of that. This is where the script of The Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise came from. It's like the same day that just repeats itself over and over again. Going to Genesis chapter 12, we discover that Abraham had, and I'm going to call it an Achilles heel temptation. And this Achilles heel is that struggle that he carried with him all throughout his life. We start out, Abraham, when he was about to enter Egypt, said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. Now, that's really starting out right for Abraham, isn't it? But he goes on. I know what a beautiful woman you are. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they'll let you live. So say that you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarah was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken to his palace. In other words, she was then taken to become one of Pharaoh's wives and was put into his harem. Abraham's temptation led to what potentially is going to be the ruining of his life and the destruction of of the plan that God has for him. And if God would not have directly intervened, that's exactly what would have taken place. But he did. And so Abraham and Sarah now leaving Egypt after this fiasco that just takes place. Can you, can you hear what Abraham would be saying to himself? I can't believe I did that. I will never do that again. That was such a close call to destruction in our lives. Now that is sounding just like us, right? But then we come to chapter 20. And just like us, here we go with the exact same thing that's happening again. Abraham and his Achilles heel. Why does God share this with us? Well, it's certainly not to shame Abraham, because we know this, that shame is not of God. God actually shares Abraham's struggle with temptation, that is, person of faith, struggling with temptation, in order to be able to help us in our lives. Abraham's unique temptation, that is his Achilles heel temptation, was this. It started with fear, but specifically, it was the fear for his own well-being. And this tempted him to sin in ways that really could have brought destruction to him and his family. We know it was the exact opposite of what God wanted, for him to put his wife in harm's way just to protect himself. We know that because Jesus says this to husbands. He says, husbands, love your wife 
just as I love the church and gave myself up for her. In other words, Jesus' word to us as husbands is this. We need to be willing to sacrifice for our wives, not sacrifice our wives for our own well-being. What do you think about? What, come, what picture comes to your mind when you think about temptation? It's been said that the apple is the universal symbol for temptation. Maybe, maybe there's a bite out of it, but I'm not sure that I'm getting that one. When I think about temptation, this is the picture that comes to my mind. Dynamite. The releasing of sin's power in our life. But temptation, specifically, would be the fuse. An unlit fuse to a stick of dynamite renders no problem whatsoever. You, you are not threatened at all by this. However, we all know that if the fuse is ignited, it is only going to be a short matter of time before the explosive power, in this case, of sin, it is going to be blowing up something in our lives. It might be blowing up your integrity, it might be blowing up a relationship. It might be a small explosion that occurs with it. It may be a time that we just never recover from. And the destructive power of it is released when we say yes to temptation in our lives. Now, knowing that is the truth that we all live in, what I want to do is to be able to give us just a couple of quick insights and then some very specific help so that when we are facing the fuse of temptation to sin in our lives, we do not have to have that ignited and taking off. First insight is this. And this comes right from Abraham's life. Again, man of faith struggles with temptation just like us. In both of these instances, Abraham's temptation came after great times of spiritual victory or spiritual high points in his life. And we might be wondering, like, how does that work? You go from spiritual high point into temptation. Now, I want you again to think about it because this is real life that we're talking about. And in real life, you've got a very real God and a real devil. And when we have spiritual victories taking place, there is also what the Bible would call a spiritual warfare that's occurring. And so Satan, in his desire to inhibit the progress that we would be making, especially in times of spiritual victories or spiritual high points, he's going to do whatever he can to try to shut that down. Every time that we come back from a mission trip, and the mission trips that we, we've been able to go on all over the world, but especially in Kenya and down in Nicaragua, we remind the teams coming back that after this high point, and you've seen God do so much, you need just to be on the watch for this area of temptation, especially your own Achilles heel of temptation that could be coming into your life. And time and time again, that's exactly what we, and I can tell you personally, that's what I have experienced that way. Satan was actually able to achieve his highest desired goal in Abraham's life, which was this. He neutralized Abraham's witness for God. He shut his witness down. Hear me when I say this. 
that Satan will be mildly irritated at God's blessing in your life if he can shut down your witness for Jesus at the same time. That is, by buying into temptation. God may be working in your life, and there's good things happening, but if he can undercut your witness at home, if he can undercut your spiritual credibility, this witness for God in your neighborhood at work, he's willing to give up. That is, put up with that irritation to be able to achieve that great thing. Because our witness, that is, the story that we can bring forth of our lives, of God's grace, of Jesus' gospel in home, neighborhood, family, that's exactly what God has called all of us to. And it is Satan's greatest fear, his great desire to be able to just shut that down. It happened because Abraham lit the fuse and unfortunately came, um, succumbed to temptation. Now the second insight, and this is really important again for us just to um, to make sure that we have applied in our lives is this, that every one of us, you, I, we all have our own Achilles heel temptation that we face. Mine, mine would come from the area of pride, but specifically, it would be the idols of success and of influence. There have been times in which I am tempted to not share all of the truth, to bend the truth, to actually let a person, to lead a person into deception if I feel that I can be more successful in their eyes, if I can gain more influence with them, if people think better of me. Now, I'm, even as I say that, you're like, really? And I'll tell you, I am not proud to have to admit there's times that I've succumbed to that I have, I have lit the fuse. What do you think happens to my influence? What do you think happens to my credibility, my witness, when people realize that I haven't told them the whole truth? or shared it, that which I believed I could do. I could, you know, I could do what I know God doesn't want me to do in order to try to get what I want to get. But I bought into that. I bought into that lie. And this temptation, not the only temptation that I face, but this temptation is one that comes over and over and over and it repeats itself in my life. See, that's the unique thing about your Achilles heel temptation. It's not a one and done, but it's something that has been with us early on and it just continues with us all throughout our lives. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you What's yours? What is that one temptation that just comes up over and over again? What is that one temptation that you've believed that if you give in to this, they're really going to produce a good result, even though you know that God doesn't want you to do it. Now, here's where the help comes. The first thing that God wants us to do, tells us to do, is to name it. Now, you might be thinking, you want me 
to be able to go in front of thousands of people like you have just done and tell them what my Achilles heel temptation is? No, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm telling you that not only do you need to name it as in identify what it is, but then you need to share it with two or three trusted spiritual friends. And the reason for doing so is the help and the power that God will begin to give to you even as you do so. James chapter 5, verse number 16 says, if we will confess our sin one to another, pray for one another, that there is going to be healing, that there is going to be help in our lives. See, this is one of the reasons that we want to encourage you to make sure that you have found a group, and that is a place where you can continue to build faith-building friendships in your life. Because we need this, our friends need this, this is something that I hope that even today that you'll make sure that you have taken that next step of, of finding out what that group is or signing up for it. Again, just put in the chat if you're like, how do I do this? Or what might some of these group opportunities will be? We want to just, you know, work with you and help you in that. The second area of help that God said that he wants for us to do is to open ourselves up and to act on the help and grace that he offers to us. I'm going to ask every one of us to memorize a verse of Scripture. Yep, I said that out loud. I'm going to ask you to memorize a verse of Scripture. I'm hearing some of you already chatting back to me, and you're saying, like, I can't memorize, you know, Scripture that way. You can, but until you do it, all you need to do is just to take a quick snap of this and put it on the front of your phone where you're going to be able to um, refer to it. You just can read it each day until you do have it memorized. The verse of scripture that I want you to memorize is this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13, which says, there is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape so that you can be able to bear it. God basically tells us three things in this. One, the first thing is, what you're being tempted with, you're not alone in it. That's what we... Um, feel so many times like I just I'm the only one that's facing this temptation and God said not true so many others are facing it just like you second thing is this it's not greater than you are when we experience this this temptation in our lives we just think it's too great for me but listen to what God's promise is he said by his divine hand he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able he will not allow that fuse to be lit because it's too great and there's nothing you can do because third thing he said is this that he will with every temptation also make a way for us to avoid it a way to keep that fire from igniting the fuse which then it releases the power of sin in our lives that way once we memorize this we have taken what it is that god said this is the help that i want you to have and it's going to be right in front of us this is what jesus did hebrews 4 tells us that jesus was tempted in every way just like we are now it goes on to say this Therefore, in your time of temptation, come boldly before the throne of grace so that you can find help and mercy when it is you're going through the time of temptation. But let's go back to the first part. Jesus was tempted in every way just like we are. Now we're thinking it, right? Well, Jesus, if he was tempted like I am, it wasn't as bad for him because like he's Jesus, right? He's God. He just played the God card and he didn't have to struggle with that temptation. 
and nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus faced temptation with the same intensity that we did. In fact, think of this. If temptation follows spiritual victory, then Jesus must have had even more temptation than we have because of all of the spiritual high points of victory that he was going through in his life. But do you know what Jesus did? He used 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He used that same truth that God gave us in our lives as well. One of my favorite lines from this series is going to be this, and it was given by Pastor Bill last week when he said this, Jesus became just like us so that we could become just like him. That takes us right back to the gospel. The gospel message of Jesus is this, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Here's what God is giving to us in the gospel in this area of temptation in our life. First of all, it's that promise of forgiveness. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is forgiveness of failures of the past. We do not have to be chained to those anymore. We do not have to be bound to them. We do not have to you know, have lost freedom because of what's happened in the past. I mentioned Pastor Bill last week. He taught on Joseph and his brothers and the, and the power of forgiveness. They were just like us in what forgiveness did in their lives. When we open ourselves up to the forgiveness that Jesus makes available on the cross, that can give us freedom from the past, which then brings us into the present, which the second part of the gospel, and the Christ rose the third day according to the scripture, it is that same power of God that brought about the resurrection of Jesus, that's the authority or the reinforcement behind 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that verse that we're going to just keep right in front of us. So here's what we can do. Some very important actions to bring this freedom that Jesus wants for us today. If you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior yet, he invites you to come to him to allow him to become that savior that we so need, that you so need in your life. Not only to bring forgiveness to you, but to bring about a wholeness in your life, to bring about a restored relationship with God, to actually bring about life to the full and freedom that he said that comes with him. And so if you haven't, my friend, I hope that you will trust Jesus um, even as we close in prayer today. If you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, here's our steps. First of all, knowing that we have, every one of us, our own Achilles heel temptation, the first thing we need to do is we need to name it. What is ours? Write it down. There it is in front of us. Then we need to share it. Who are your two or three friends? that you can trust with this, that you'll receive help, prayer, and encouragement as you face it together. And then thirdly, memorize, keep this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, in front of you every day this week. Read it out loud. Keep it in a place where you're going to see it. And keep reading until you memorize it because in doing so, when that temptation comes, and it will come, and when other temptations come, and they will come, they come to people of faith, when that temptation comes, you're going to have God's help and instruction in front of you 
to keep you from lighting this fuse that could release sin's power in your life. Doesn't have to happen. And with Jesus' help, this help that he's given to us, we can find a new found freedom beginning today. I know you're going to want to pray with me right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you've done what we couldn't do to help us to do what we can't do without you. For those that are watching right now, and they're ready to put their faith and trust in you, to say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again. And by faith, I come to you just asking you for your saving grace, for your help, for your leading in my life. It's best I understand. I trust you now as my Lord and Savior. Lord, we continue our prayer for all of us who have trusted you as we take your word and apply it to our temptation. May we find newfound freedom, newfound victory that you desire for us, and it's your will, God. Thank you for this freedom and your love and your power to keep us from this destructiveness in our lives. We pray in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.